Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What I love about the racing industry and what I love about heading to the sales is talking to the people that love this game, that have put their heart and soul into this industry. Um, they've got the bug, they bleed racing. And one of those is Philip Campbell, who has been in this game of breeding horses and the thoroughbred industry for close to five decades. And uh, he has just sold Blue Gum Farm and they've had such a wonderful history, especially in this state of Victoria. And he joins us now to kick off Giddy Up in the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. Philip, thanks for your time this morning. How do you feel um, as you come towards the end of your time in this wonderful sport? Good morning, Gareth. Um, I feel pretty good, thank you. Um, yeah. We uh, we had uh, a really really strong day there with the farm yesterday. Uh, they had uh, great results with the with the horses that they sent up through the ring, and um, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty much it for Patty and I. And uh, it's um, it's on to uh, another chapter as as far as we're concerned. <laughs> yeah, and is it is it a time when you arrive here and you can look back on what you've been through and the challenges that you face and overcome um what would be when you walk away from the sales in 2023 um what will your feeling be you think when you reflect oh look there's been a lot of great memories gareth that's for sure um the first sale at oakland's junction was in 1982 and uh and i was there and um we actually sold the highest price filly in Australia uh, that year uh, at that sale. Um, she actually didn't race, but she made her place in history by becoming the Grand Dam of the Great Saintly. Um, and from that time onwards, we've sold many, many top-class racehorses. Uh, we've topped uh, a number of sales. We've uh, topped a, a lot of uh, grosses at the sales. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of great friends and clients that have been along for the ride and um, yeah look there's been a lot of great times that we will look back on uh, very very fondly uh, when we're reflecting for sure. Philip Jackson France here thanks for joining us on the program obviously you mentioned that it's a bit of relief now that you've managed to sold the farm and then move on but how has the emotion been over the last few days or so as you mentioned it was a great result there with the zoo star Jester Jingle selling for $500,000. Um, yeah, look, it, it's funny how it all came about, Jackson. I mean, uh, Patty and I would uh, still be there at the helm uh, right now if it wasn't for the fact that uh, Jason and Mel Stenning and Sean and Kathy Dingwall came knocking on our door um, not long after this time last year, really. They uh, they came along and, uh, and attended our yearling parade at... Uh, at the farm in February of last year and uh, they were very, very taken with what they saw and how, how the team at the farm there did things and uh, obviously the results that we were attaining and um, they, uh, they showed a great interest in, uh, in buying the farm and the business and one thing led to another. So, um, yeah, otherwise it, it would have just been business as usual for us but now it's business as usual for them. They go forward with the wonderful team of people both with the horses and on the farm that Patty and I 
had been working with for a number of years and um, I guess nothing really changes at the farm except that uh, Paddy and I are out and Sean and Kathy and Jason and Mel are in and uh, it was really fun to be associated with the team uh, again at the, this sale and uh, to see the horses that um, pretty much the, the last bunch of horses that I had anything to do with at the farm go through the uh, through the sale and I heard you saying in the intro that it, you know it's you know getting a little bit trickier, a little bit stickier, and uh, you know that's that's obvious with the economic conditions and whatnot that we're experiencing now. But um, I think the sales held up uh, very very well, and it's been uh, terrific to see Blue Gum at the helm again. So, Philip, you, you you closed the book on the Blue Gum Farm chapter for yourself and Patty. Do you try and? stay in the game or do you move away and, and start a new chapter and find new goals and um, uh, have a new direction in life? Oh, no, we'll stay involved in a very small way, Gareth. Um, we yeah. still retain ownership in uh, in five mares. Um, uh, we own uh, Jester Jingle with uh, two very, very good friends and clients of ours and she's just had a beautiful schnitzel filly, full sister to Brooknell weaned off her and she's back in fold of schnitzel. Um, we have another schnitzel colt there out of a beautifully bred mare uh, that we sold a nice street boss filly out of earlier this week, a mare named Beaujolais. Um We have uh, a terrific group winning mare that Anthony Cummings used to train, Vergara. She's currently in fold of Zoostar. She's got a schnitzel colt that's going through the Easter sales. So we will continue to breed um, a few, uh, race a few, sell a few and uh, be involved in that aspect, but obviously not be involved in the day-to-day running of a uh, of a major concern, which um, Blue Gum was and obviously still is. Your family, Philip, have stood some fantastic stallions over the years, namely in Costa Delago, Rancho Ruba and Rubiton. Um, probably over the last 15 or so years, there was a little bit of drop-off with the stallions in Victoria, but now we see that it's really kicked. You've got some fantastic stallions standing at Yulong and now Rosemont as well, some significant investment. We see Dali here in Victoria. And with the news that Flying Artie will come to uh, Blue Gom Farm under the new management, what do you make of the Victorian uh, breeding industry as a whole where it's currently positioned? Oh, look, uh, those farms that you mentioned have, um, have made a great impact as far as their stallion rosters here in Victoria are concerned. I'm sure that there are less mares needing to travel interstate uh, to visit top stallions, and it looks like that investment in stallions here in Victoria is only going to continue. Um, so, look, we were for a long time running a poor second to um, New South Wales and the Hunter Valley stallions, but thanks to... Uh, you know, the farms that you mentioned, Dali and Yulong and Rosemont and uh, Swettenham and, and these sort of uh, establishments, uh, clearly that is changing and changing for the better. And, uh, you know, I, I applaud the investment and the, uh, uh, the uh, well, what am I trying to say? The Just the, well, the faith in the Victorian yeah. industry that those people are showing. I mean, it's, um, it, it's a very, very expensive pastime and... Uh, you know, the, the faith that those folks are showing in the Victorian industry is immense and uh, they're, they're to be, uh, uh, they're to be um, thanked very much for sure. We're Philip Campbell here from Blue Gum Farm who ends up his time at Blue Gum Farm after more than four decades and has done a wonderful job with that farm based in Yarrow, just outside about an hour and a half out of uh, Melbourne in the northern eastern part of Victoria. Um, we are live from Oakland's Junction for the final day of the English uh, Premier Yearling Sale here 
um, in Melbourne. Now, Philip, who's the most respect, uh, respected breeder that you have come across in your time in the game? No. I've got to put you on the spot. Um, all right, then. There's been a lot of great breeders. Who's been the, the stallion that you've most admired? Oh, dear idea. Um, oh, well, I'll, I'll be very, very biased um, and, uh, and say in Costa de Lago. Um, yep. He was the first horse in the Southern Hemisphere to ever cover 200 mares um, in a season. Uh, obviously, working very, very closely with him, I know that um, he had the most amazing uh, appetite for work. Um, you know, it, it's all well and good for these stallions to become popular and, and have large numbers of mares assembled for them, but it's not every individual that can take care of what's required to get those mares in foal. And um, in Costa was an absolute ripper. Uh, I just remember uh, breeding uh, large numbers of mares to him for days on end, and he would just front up and, uh, and do the job. And 15, 16 days later the greater majority of those mares would be going through the crush uh, uh, showing pregnancy. So he, he was the first stallion that I worked with that um, covered anywhere near those numbers. As I say, he was the first in Australia to cover 200 mares and I, I had the utmost respect for him. I really did. It's such a tough game to have success in. There's so many risks involved with getting mares into foal and then getting them to the point and then onto the race as well to have the success. But what has been the success... Uh, what do you believe has been the secret to your family's success over such an extended period of time? Um, working with great people, um, Jackson, um, management uh, procedures, uh, attention to detail. Um, we've always been lucky enough to work with great people at Bluegum. Um, and we've also been exceptionally lucky to work with, um, you know, the leading equine reproductive veterinarian in the world in Angus McKinnon. Um, you know, Angus's contribution to our figures and results as far as the fertility with the stallions is concerned has been uh, amazing. Um, I, I miss working with him. He's a real character, um, but he takes every mare very, very individually, and uh, that shows in the results. So there's no doubt here. Look, I can promise you it's not just a matter of giving the stallion and the mare the keys to the car and sending them to the drive-in. There's a hell of a lot that's... Uh, that's involved in getting these mares in foal and then all the way through pregnancy, through foaling and then raising the foals. And uh, that doesn't come down to any one person. That comes down to a great team. And uh, I honestly believe that we've always had a great team at Bluegum. Why do you love the thoroughbred so much, Philip? Oh, I don't, I don't know, Gareth. I was very, very lucky as a young fella. Um, my mum and dad always had a little tiny farm on the outskirts of Melbourne. I mean, I laugh about it now when I think yeah. where those places were. The first one was on Anderson's Creek Road, East Doncaster. Um, and that was a magic little property. Um, I feel so lucky to have grown up where I did. And uh, there were always a few um, mares floating about the place because my dad loved it. Um, his dad loved it. So I was exposed to the animals from a um, from a very very early age, and uh, yeah, I guess um, my interest in the in the industry and uh, and what happened there continued to grow and grow. But I guess because I was exposed to it for such uh, from such an early age, uh, definitely had something uh, to do with it. Um, 
And from there, it just grew and grew. I mean, um, from East Doncaster, we moved out to uh, a little farm at Wonga Park. Um, and then my folks bought uh, 140 acres up at Euroa. And as a 19-year-old, I think I moved up uh, to Euroa and, um, and ran the farm from there. And it just continued to grow. We continued to collect clients, great clients. And... Um, Patty and I bought the farm from um, my mum and dad uh, 20-odd years ago now, and uh, it grew to, I think it was between seven and 800 acres in the end, and it's a beautifully set-up farm um, nestled there right at the foothills of the Strathbogie Ranges. Uh, the soil is wonderful. It has great carrying capacity. I've always maintained that if you look after the farm, it will look after you, and uh, We've worked very, very hard at looking after the farm and there's no doubt it's looked after us and it really is a terrific property. Now, the last question before we let you go, Philip. Jacko, you've just started breeding. How many horses have you bred? Uh, so I just got the one mare in foal at the moment. Unfortunately, yep. she slipped to headwater last year, but she's currently safely in foal to Blue Point yep. at the moment. So fingers and toes crossed, the Blue Point's have been selling well. That, yep. um, you know, four of a kind, the Eurozone mare can put a nice foal on the ground. So Jacko's got a great passion for the game, but he's starting to um, get into the breeding and loving this side of the game, Philip. What would your advice be to someone like a young Jackson France? He's just starting off. Um, yeah, just be careful not to let emotions um, interfere with common sense. Um, <laughs> you know, you've, you've got to make sure that um, your animal is able to look after you and you've got to look after your animal. Um, and uh, if you look after your animal and, uh, you know, if in the case of a broodmare, if she's not up to scratch, well, then, you know, you need to move her on and find another one. But I think a lot of people can get trapped um, trying to continue on with something that's not going to do the job for you, uh, and I don't, I don't mean to sound heartless or anything like that. I mean, I, I, I do love the actual animal, uh, and uh, if you're prepared to take them on, well, then you've got to look after them and give them a chance. But then, um, you know, they've also got to repay you if uh, if you do that. So uh, that that would probably be uh, some advice that I would pass on. Philip, you should be so proud of them with Patty. What? you've been able to achieve in the game, especially at Blue Gum Farm. And I love racing, got into racing because of a horse by the name of Saintly. He's the reason why I've got a great passion for the game. So you're the man I need to thank um, after listening to your story today. So I appreciate you, Philip. Well done and um, good luck for whatever um, um, is down the track for you. We appreciate your time here on Giddy Up. No problems at all, boys. Thank you very much. It's always great to catch up with our next guest who's been a star trainer for many a year nick olive and he's got some three-year-old filly that was dominant to take out the um maruya country championship heat on the weekend i speak of kimberly secrets who's a three-year-old filly that's going places she's now into 11 dollars for the country championship final at Ramwick on the 1st of April. Um, she makes her own luck. She's very, very good. Six starts for four wins now. Nick joins us on the line for the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. Well done, Nick. Um, she is a star filly. Yeah, she is. Thanks very much. Um, were you expecting what she did there on the weekend? Oh, look, I probably weren't expecting. You know, we didn't know she's, she's uh, been a... Philly that's probably fairly progressive and, you know, we never sort of got to the bottom of her. Um, we knew she was going well, but I thought she was very dominant on, on Sunday. 
So as a three-year-old filly, was it when you put her in work this campaign, was this always the goal to get her ready for a country championship? No, nah, not at all. Look, I, you know, I thought it was probably come all a bit too soon for her. Um, you know, I was just interested in placing her to win races. and um, But, you know, as, she, as things went along and talking to Billy, her track wet rider, it just sort of thought we'd, she'd appreciate getting over a bit more ground. And, and after a run at Gosford, um, you know, we, we thought if we get into the country championships, because we're the last horse in, um, we'd, we'd probably run up. So she was really um, dominant over the 1,400 metres on pace. Um, going towards the final now on that 1st of April at Rural Roundwick, are you starting to believe that she can actually win it? Yeah, look, I think she goes in with a red-hot chance for sure. You know, obviously there's yeah. still a lot of time between now and then and, and you know, things have got to go right. But, um, yeah, I, I think she's, you know, she's very progressive, Um I think she's got the advantage of being... She she can probably be ridden anywhere, too. She's very adaptable. Um, yeah, so, look, I, I think she's going to go in with a red-hot chance, everything going well between now and then. So what do you do with her um, before the final? <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to work that out myself. And just... She's pulled up really well. Um, just... Uh, I just want her to sort of tell me this week what we need to do with her and probably leaning towards just giving her a trial and, and heading straight to the final in, you know, three and a, three and a bit weeks. Um, yeah, but she'll, she'll sort of let us know as the week goes along. And I guess that's been the challenge for the trainers that have been able, have been lucky enough to qualify horses for the country championship final. You have the heats sometimes six to seven weeks out before the final. So, um, there's a few headaches trying to work out the best plan to get your horse there and their best form for the rich final. Yeah, for sure. You know, look, it's it's probably different for everyone depending where your heat lands. And, yeah. um, you, you know, I, I think some of the guys probably, you know, give their horses little let-ups and then wind them up again. It's sort of, yeah, but that, that's part of the challenge. You know, it's all there in front of us. We know, we know when we where our heat is and knowing the final is if we make it. So it's it's just all part of trying to get your horse 100% on the day. What happens with the, the jock? Jess Taylor did a really good job there to take out the Maria heat. Do you stay with Jess or if James McDonald comes ringing or some of the other big guns there in Sydney that you go for a Sydney-based jockey or a Metro-based jockey, Nick? Yeah, look, Jess, Jess did a super job on Sunday. She rode the horse an absolute treat. So I need to probably sit down with the owners and work out where, we, where we're going to go um, with that. You know, I, Jess, Jess would be do a great job on the horse, but obviously, you know, you'd only get one chance at these sort of races yeah. and you want to make sure everything's kicked off at 100%, you know, the level you can get it. And what's the feeling amongst the ownership group? I see that you lead the way there, mate, but... Are they excited to head to Randwick to race for some terrific prize money? Yeah, they, they are. They're, they're <laughs> overexcited at the best of times, these owners. <laughs> so, uh, with this going on there, there was, there was a lot of hugging and backslapping and kissing each other on the on Sunday. Yeah, you enjoying life at the moment. You seem to be going great guns, as always, Nick. But um, from the sale season and getting new owners into the game, being based at Queen Bee in these days. How are you finding it? Yeah, look, I, I've, I've probably turned over a new leaf for myself, to be honest. Like, it's just, 
um, you, you know, in Queanbeyan now. So I've got all that stress of what was sort of going on at Canberra off my shoulders and just really focused on training horses now and not, not having to worry about, you know, having to pay for this and that. So it's it's, yeah. it's really been, it's, it's sort of been a reinvention for me, I feel, you know, and um, just a just a nice rural environment we're in now. And it's, yeah, it's really great. I'm, I'm loving it and all the staff are loving it too. And, and most of all, the horses are loving it. It's amazing what a change in, in scenery can do, but also the freedom of the mind in a way when you can start to enjoy life. Yeah, that's right. I think the freedom of the mind's the the, the best thing, yeah. you know, like to, to to walk around with a big smile on your face and, and not thinking yeah. in the back of your mind, you know, am I still going to be around in six months' time is, is just a great feeling and just, just gives you the freedom to do what, you know, you love to do and, and do it at the best level you can. Yeah, and that was sad, isn't it, really, to see what's happening in Canberra? Yeah, it's really sad, mate. Like, I was there for 20 years, 25 years training, you know, and, um, you know, I still live in Canberra and still passionate about the, the, the Canberra industry. And, you know, I, I really hope Darren and his team can turn around and, and get things back on track. But, you know, they've just got to get uh, politicians on side, which is a pretty hard thing here. Yeah, and it's it's not really fair when you've got a passion, you know what, you do for the game and the love that you have for the animals and then you've got politicians just looking for votes and not understanding the game trying to to make a political statement and they don't realize what they're doing to so many so many lives in, in the racing industry yeah it, it is sad and you know it's just frustrating that you know we invite them out to come have a look and stuff and they just they're just not yeah. interested you know they're not even interested in seeing you know what it means to people and coming out and have a look but I don't want to go too too much down that alley. I'm, I'm, I've got that off my mind now. So, um, well, you you, yeah, you I, keep on you keep on inspiring, mate. And this will be a great story if Kimberly Secret, uh, Kimberly Secrets can get the job done. That country championship and Canberra and Queanbeyan will be going off. Do you find that the the region gets behind you as well? Because it's a a little bit like when you're playing country league football or you're taking on the different parts of the state, there's always a little bit of rivalry amongst um, the, the different parts of um, the state when you compete in, in, a, in a sporting field. Have you found that, Nick? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that you know, the community, both Canberra and Queanbeyan have been right behind us, which has been fabulous. And I'm sure this area will be cheering her on in the final. Good on you, mate. Well done. and Good luck um, over the next three weeks leading up to that final. Nah, thanks, Gareth. I really appreciate it, mate. Uh, just quickly, mate, if we want to get involved with your stable, um, if you purchased a horse, you would have purchased a few horses, I would imagine, during the sales yeah. season. How do we go about doing that, mate? Yeah, a couple of horses up on the website there if people want to have a look. Yep. Or, As always, I'm a pretty approachable guy. They can just pick up the phone, give me a call, or send me an email. All right, mate. Love it. Good luck. Go and get them. Thanks, mate. In WA, one of the most beautiful parts of the world is Esperance and their racing club do a wonderful job. They race throughout the slash spring, summer, early part of the autumn, very early part of the autumn because that was their last meeting on Sunday was their cup meeting and WA's leading trainer who is clearly winning the training premiership at the moment. He's 23 victories ahead of Neville Parnham on 69 wins and he quinelled the Esperance Cup 
on Sunday afternoon. I speak of Adam Duran and he joins us now. Adam, good morning to you. Well done, mate. Esperance. So did you go and take your team there? You won the Esperance Cup and then you probably did a bit of fishing and diving. Would I be right? So say hello to you. <laughs> yeah, g'day, Gareth. Uh, no, no fishing and diving. Um, no diving down that part of the world, mate. There's those big, uh, <laughs> yes, big great whites yes. down there. So I, I keep my diving to the northwest of WA. They're, uh, the sharks aren't as big and they're a bit better fed. So I, uh, I get in the water and I look too much like a seal. So they... Uh, they're probably attracted to me up uh, down south. Geez, the breed of Russian playmate. Geez, but she's been a beautiful broodmare for your family. Of course, she is uh, the mother of Soviet spy, the five-year-old son of Black Friars who took out the Esperance Cup. And he's done a really good job, but that was a dominant victory there on the weekend, I thought. Yeah, he has. He's, uh, he's been a, a good sort of bread and butter type stayer and, He's not going to sort of elevate to his brother's level that won the, the group one in Sydney, but yeah. um, he unfortunately had a bad injury as a young horse when he was getting broken in, and that's probably held him back because he's certainly a, a lovely type and probably just missing a gear from that uh, from that little leg injury. But um, nevertheless, he's uh, he's done a great job for the team and, and the syndicate that got involved with him. He's uh, been a heap of fun. You seem to be... you. you... Your team travel everywhere. You go up to Geraldton. You, you travel to Albany on a regular basis, and you target these country cups like the Esperance Cup. Um, you must really enjoy getting out to the bush, and you've got that ability to place your horses in these type of races and get the job done, Adam. Yeah, I do. I do like travelling. It's um, you know it's good to catch up with the the country guys, and um, and it gives you a bit of a uh, a point of difference from the day to day sort of repetitiveness of uh of the sort of city training so it is nice to uh to get off on those weekends and not that you make much of a day of it we're up and back in uh in within sort of 48 hours but still uh we terrorized esperance for the for the yeah. night and then uh got the car and headed home but um very lucky that we can spread our horses out a little bit and they probably these two boys at Cornell of the cup they probably lack that uh, little bit of uh, ability to go the pinjara bunbury cups coming up but um, yeah, Albany, Esperance, Geraldton Cups, they fit beautifully in there and, and their ratings, where they're at the ratings, they sort of uh, get in there with a uh, with a winnable weight as well at this stage of their career. And a lot of volunteers do a lot of hard work to get clubs like Esperance up and running and to have the season that they have. But I think it's terrific that you get to have the state's leading trainer and then William Pike rocks up and, and rides four winners, which... I've got no doubt gets extra people through the gates when you've got the best on show. Yeah, I guess um, you look at those tracks as well. You Geraldton and Albany, they're, they're as good a track as anywhere in Australia. And, yeah. you know, the surfaces that they produce and prepare for, for these horses, you, you wouldn't be frightened to take uh, take anything down there. It's uh, phenomenal. And a lot of it is, you know, volunteer work and... Uh, it's uh, it's it's great to see, but I guess uh, two points for the. <laughs> some people say it's a good thing for the clubs having us come down there, and other people, you know, can uh, can sort of dislike it a bit. But uh, said until they put toll booths, uh, you know, coming into coming into the city tracks, which uh, yeah. everyone's entitled to go do, I'll uh, I'll be heading in the other direction and trying to get the best results for my clients. So it's uh, it's it's uh, it's hundred thousand dollar cups that certainly yeah. uh, worthwhile uh, getting down there and trying to win them with. Uh, been plenty of times and had our ass kicked, so we're uh, we're entitled to win it every now and then. Hundred percent. Everyone should inspire to be the best. And if you've got a group of owners, I'm just looking at the ownership group there in Soviet Spy. 
they love their game. They love their racing, and I would imagine they would have um, got a really a massive thrill out of winning a, an Esperance Cup there on, on Sunday afternoon. So if people want to invest in this game, good on them, and everybody should say well done. And um, your shout at the at the bar there after you win an Esperance Cup. So. Yeah, I think it's terrific that you can raise for prize money like that in WA, like $100,000. It's a lot of prize money for a race like an Esperance Cup. It is, yeah. They're all, all the country cups have elevated the last couple of years, and I think the quality of uh, quality of horses is, is definitely improving. And uh, as I say, they're not easy to win. There's some good, uh, very good quality horsewomen and horsewomen down uh, down your southwest and, and north of WA. and. Yeah, I said we've gone home with our tail between our legs uh, plenty of times, and uh, and all those owners that are in those horses have had plenty of slow horses as well. So they're yep. good investors into the stable and, and in the industry. So you need to get a uh, you need to get a win sometimes to keep things rolling. Adam Durant's top three country cups in WA to visit. So if you if you if we're listening in the eastern part of the country, where would you recommend? I reckon Broome Cup would have to be high on your agenda. Yeah, Broome's probably just number one. It's for lifestyle and that you can get up there yep. for the week and uh, and travel. But certainly, a uh, point of difference. The other other end of Western Australia, Esperance. It's a uh, if you're looking for a uh, you know Esperance Albany Cups. If you're looking for a, you know a holiday, um, you look at the sort of scenery and what uh, what you can do down those places. It's plenty to do and see, and they're uh, they're a beautiful part of the world. So you've given me two Broome Esperance. What would be the other one? Probably Albany, sort of a yeah. little bit similar to Esperance, but um, the other ones you've got to sort of head. Uh, Gascoigne Junction's not a bad one. That's a bit of fun yes. if you're, uh, if you're a cowboy and you like a like a few emu exports, but uh, that's a different story. The way you wake up at those places, yeah. to, uh, yeah. room and uh, wake up at Cable Beach when you go to Broome, Gascoigne Junction, you wake up in the Pindan with uh, with missing uh, <laughs> sometimes. I've got a couple of text messages coming through. People are giving, want to give you a job, Adam. You need to find us a horse for the Broome Cup and we want to go to Broome. We might have a giddy-up syndicate. Yeah, that sounds all right. I'll, uh, I'll start hunting around. We can always right, uh, rustle something up. Go and get there, mate. Well done on the weekend and uh, you know, you're the king of the country there in WA. There's no doubt about that. Well done, and we'll catch up with you down the track, mate. Thank you. My top three moments in country Australia over the last week. We'll do this each and every week, and you can send me in yours, 0499 736 736, and let me know if you agree or disagree. One vote to William Pike. I know he's not from the country, but it's great to see the champ get to Esperance in WA and ride four winners and put on a little bit of a, a show there for the locals for their cup meeting. And, of course, he took out the cup with Soviet spy for Adam Durant. So Pikey gets one vote. Nick Olive, we heard him earlier on in the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. He's done a wonderful job with a three-year-old filly by the name of Kimberly Secrets who is now into $11 for the country championship. But Nick's relocated from Canberra to Queen Bean. He's a very passionate man about this racing game. Obviously, a lot of the Canberra trainers have been through a lot, what's been happening from a political point of view in Canberra. And they've been fighting for their livelihoods in a way. And he had to make the move to Queen Bean. He's got a good filly. And he deserves to win a country championship. So he gets my two votes and three votes to Nathan Turnbull. He has taken harness racing by storm in his home state of New South Wales. Of course, he's from the famous Turnbull family in Bathurst. He's the leading 
country trainer in New South Wales, but on Saturday night he achieved his biggest feat in the game, winning the Group 1 New South Wales derby with Better Be The Best, who was absolutely sensational to win that Group 1 feature after doing some work at the start of the race and then holding off um, some challenges in the concluding stages. So Nathan Turnbull gets my three, three votes. He is the star of this week in my eyes. And there are my three votes there for the Bet365 Country Racing Hour for the key moments over the last week. Now, Mickey Gaddon joins us from uh, the great tip-off for his Black Bookers in New South Wales. Hello to you, Mickey. Morning, G, and I couldn't agree with you more, mate. Kimberly's Secrets win was just fantastic, and Nick Hollis is doing a great job. And uh, for the punters out there, we did actually Black Booker a few weeks ago, G. We did. Would you take the $11 for the country championship final? I think it's one of those things, isn't it, mate, where there's so much to play out and by the time you get to race day, you're probably going to get the same price and you know what barrier she's from. So just definitely hold tight there. Um, I think anything, if you're taking all in play, you want to be around $20 for anything at the moment. All right, mate, let's get stuck into your black bookers. What about the northern part of New South Wales to kick off? Yeah, I just had a chat with Scott Singleton and um, Melody again is a horse to follow. She's a very promising filly. She ran the fastest last 600 metres uh, over the 1,200 last start. She'll go to the 1,400 metres more, more than likely second up. Scone the 19th, we'll see Melody again, and this horse is very progressive. She's a talent, G. So chuck that one in your Black Rocks punters. Uh, Melody again, Scone, the ninth, uh, sorry, at Scone on the 19th of March. Mitchie Beer's been spending up at the sales here in Melbourne and the Aubrey Cup Carnival's not far away. So you've got a black booker for us from the beer camp in the southern part of New South Wales? Yeah, a staying pipe called Old Greg. Two Gs there uh, at the end of Greg. Uh, we'll head to uh, Aubrey on the 24th of March, but last start went out to the 2,000 metres and he actually ran the eight fastest last 200 metres of the meeting, which is a pretty impressive feat on a day where it was the country championships qualifier over 400 metres, so there's some high-quality horses going around, and this horse has produced the eighth fastest last 200 metres. So the step up to the 2,400 metres is ideal for this horse because he just settles really, really well, but still has that nice little sprint at the end. I think the 2,400 metres is uh, perfect, and he'll be giving him a staying lesson, G, on the 24th of March. So Melody again and Old Greg, your two black bookers there from racing in New South Wales in the country area over last week. Mickey Gannon, love your work. Looking forward to catching up with you with Bag of Tips in just a moment, mate. Good stuff. Thanks, G.